We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. in trouble, Pastor John. <laughs> yes, our we are. writers are back in school. <laughs> They're back in school. <laughs> We're on our own. Grades. So if you thought it was really good this summer, now you know why, because our grandkids <laughs> and our kids. It only goes downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the brains of the operation are back in school. Back in school. By the way, you want to introduce sure. yourself? I'm See, past- we can't even get that right now. I we know, don't have I here. know. It's <laughs> Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in Beautiful South St. Louis. What are the streets like now? <laughs> they are. They have been eclipsed oh, by the go. moon. Uh, were you? Were you guys weren't in the totality? Were you? We were in the path of totality. We were, were sort of really? the northern edge of it. Okay. But yeah, we were in the path right. of totality, and it was um, uh, it was an amazing event. I'm I'm John uh, Lakomsky, Pastor uh, uh, Jolly John Lakomsky. Trying to remember what my nickname is uh, from St. Paul in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity in Darmstadt. Yeah, we were in the totality as well, which I suppose. Pretty what people do. We were in the dark. <laughs> Doesn't surprise anyone that both of us. There was no denying. Would it, be in the dark, uh, and, and and Dinah. And do we know who she's in the kitchen with? By the way. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Holy uh, that's cow. an old joke. So actually, we did. We had some wonderful material that Dinah provided for us. A, a, a former member yeah, of yours. Yeah, over to Manu in Waterloo. Uh, sure. Uh, and and Dinah, I I don't know. It's it's sitting at home on my desk. <laughs> I thought I put it in my Bible to bring with, but I forgot it. So we'll Again, have... the grandkids aren't here to help us out. <laughs> That's right. So, but but it, it, I continue the theme that God does provide. So I'm looking at my Bible, and I found this, Matt. And I don't know if we want to blame it on God or not. Well, doesn't every pastor, ever? doesn't every Lutheran pastor carry the same list in their Bibles? <laughs> well, it's 20 jokes, so terrible. They're actually funny. So <laughs> I... the only one, it, it's It's what we got, people. I'm sorry. It's what we got. So we'll just have to go with this. Do you want to read the first read the one did you like the best on that page i'll read the one i yeah, like the like best the, yeah. okay read that okay. one okay uh, a jumper cable walks into a bar the bartender says i'll serve you but don't start anything <laughs> don't start anything that's right a, yeah. a jumper it's a jumper, a jumper cable, cable. Yeah. uh let's see what we got here what's the other one good uh oh yeah a man walks into a bar with a slab of asphalt under his arm and he says to the bartender, a beer, please, and one for the road. <laughs> <laughs> one for the road. One for the road. <laughs> uh, you got another one on there you well, like? Well, let's see. Yeah, okay. Well, th- this is the one I think you like. But can I, oh, I'm yeah, you can do that one. An invisible man marries an invisible woman. Uh, the kids were nothing to look at either. <laughs> <laughs> and one last one from because we wouldn't want to give all the 20 terrible jokes on. No. Uh, deja vu. Deja vu. Do you know what that is? What's deja vu? No, the, I don't know. The feeling that you've heard this bull before. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can do that, can't we? I, hopefully that's allowed. <laughs> I, I got to do one. I, I went to buy some camouflage trousers the other day, but I couldn't find any. <laughs> See, they're... Yeah, I guess if we have to explain right. them, then they're not. <laughs> we better not leave this here. What was the title of that list of jokes? 20 ter- jokes so terrible, they're actually funny. Uh, yeah. I got to put that away. We wouldn't <laughs> want anyone to stumble in here. Put that back into your Bible. Yeah, find that laying around. All right.
right, what, we're back on the Lord's Prayer again. We've been we kind of going back and forth. How far are we now? Where are we at in the we Lord's Prayer? We are chugging along, and, and we are to what might be, in fact, the most important petition of the whole prayer. It's the center. It's, it's right at the center yeah, of the prayer. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe the most important thing is in the middle of the prayer. Uh, Luther sure had a high view of this part. Did he we'll really? get to a little Luther quote oh, about cool, that. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, but it seems like... Even more importantly, Jesus thought this was a pretty important part of the prayer, too. Well, that probably is more important than what Luther thought. We will acknowledge that. Uh, but let's start with the, the, the explanation of this part of the prayer. So the part we're talking okay. about is, uh, forgive us our trespasses, or our sins, our deaths sometimes, uh, as we forgive those who trespass against us. So speaking of Luther, why don't we start with uh, what the small catechism has to say about what this part means. And, and you know, it just, I just noticed something interesting here. All the other petitions we've had up to this point actually have a couple of uh, comments, a couple of questions, but this one just has one, which is, what does this mean, as you said? Yeah, just as simple, what does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. Wow, what a nice summary. Boy, a lot packed into yep. just that one meaning. It really yep. is. And I think that it's interesting how Luther really relates this to the rest of the prayer when you think about it. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the very beginning that we're praying to our Father. Yeah. What else yeah. is there? Yeah. Uh, we need, we're neither worthy of any of the things for which we pray, you know, considering the things we've already prayed in the prayer. Especially for daily them. bread, which yeah. is to say for everything yeah. we need for our bodily existence. That's quite a lot to ask of God. Oh, my goodness. Most definitely. When you think of all that that entails. Uh, but we would ask that he would give them to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So I think in this petition, a recognition that we're, we're sinners. We deserve nothing but punishment. Uh, but by his grace, having been forgiven, we ask, Lord, give us not only forgiveness, but all that we ask in this prayer as we come as your forgiven people in prayer. And isn't that really the heart of Christian prayer? Isn't that what makes Christian prayer different than other prayer? Because for other for other religions, they are praying. It's actually a way of trying to convince God that he should do something for them. We actually come with the assumption, you really shouldn't do anything for us, yeah. Lord. Yeah. But Great we're point. asking. We're asking. And, and we, we, we believe you will by grace. It's all grace. But not by well, anything but, that we deserve. So know? the prayer in and of itself is not some good work that God needs to, he's going to do what we ask him because we're doing this wonderful thing. No, we're admitting in this prayer. No, we are... We're damned sinners. Yep. Like we deserve yep. death and damnation. But but by your grace, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Forgive us our trespasses. You know, there, there's an interesting thing because uh, now, now you're doing the, the three-year lectionary, but we're experimenting with the first-year yes. lectionary. And by the way, next week, I'm going to tell you some of the things I don't like about the one-year lectionary. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Air um, grievances next week. Air, that's right. The <laughs> grievances. I'll give you my complaints <laughs> about the historic one-year lectionary. But it just so happens that coming up uh, this, this weekend is the story of the uh, 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 publican and the Pharisee. Remember oh, yeah, that story? Yeah, sure. uh, and, and if you think about it, that, that's a remarkable prayer by the publican because he prays. He says, I am the sinner, he says, and have mercy on me. And that seems like a contradiction in terms, doesn't it? If, if you are the sinner, how could you ask for mercy? No, if you're the sinner, you should be punished. God should send you horrible, terrible things. But I just realized it's the same thing we do every time we pray the Lord's Prayer. We essentially say, yeah, we are horrible sinners. There's no one as worse as we are. We don't. But God, we're, we're asking. And in fact, you've commanded us to ask for you to do these things for yeah. us. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing. And if he's commanded us to pray this way, surely he's going to listen. Surely he will answer. Yeah. Yeah. 
We've been kind of talking about this book, too, in our discussion on the Lord's yes, Prayer. Yes, I wanted to basics. hear what this, he has this, to say about our this. Our Way Home, A Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. So this is Dr. Pavlov at Concordia and Mequon uh, wrote this. Anyway, uh, he compares this part of the Lord's Prayer to a flood. He kind of has these different weather analogies in his book. That's right. We had the drought the, the last drought, time. Now we've got a flood. But, okay. But a good flood. A good a flood. A good you know, flood? I think a lot of times when I think of flood, I always think of the flood in 93. So yeah. uh, here in the St. Louis area... Along the Mississippi, boy, everything just flooded out. Did that affect the, you, Ethan? This this week, a terrible flood in Kansas City, just from a torrential rain. Isn't that, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah, incredible. And I think that a lot of times we think about those floods and the devastation they bring. They certainly they change things. There's they change the landscape. They change the perspective of people. They've changed. Uh, my life as someone growing up even during that time. Uh, Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark, still only 13 yeah. during that flood. Uh, Is that right? You were right. only 13 in that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You are a youngster. But uh, anyhow, remember going down the arch grounds and counting how many stairs were still above <laughs> the uh, the water there on the riverfront of the, the St. Louis Arch. But anyway... Uh, this isn't a devastating flood that Pavel is talking about in okay. his book. This is a good kind of flood. So I'm just going to write a, read a brief part where it talks about how this is a flood of forgiveness that blesses. He says, in the fifth petition, we come to God's flood. Forgiveness pours out on us beyond any reasonable measure. It's a perfect flood that covers us, infiltrates our lives, overwhelms the boundaries we have among ourselves. It comes with such abundance that our neighbors... They can have any amount they want from us. Ah. The overflow of forgiveness pours out to those near us. Yeah. During the flood of 93, if you were flooded out, yeah, yeah. if someone else came to you and said, can I have some of that water? You'd be more than happy <laughs> to give it away, right? And, and I think that's a neat connection with forgiveness. Flooded with forgiveness, more than happy, or at least we should be, to give it away and share that forgiveness, to forgive others as they've trespassed against us, as we've been forgiven. You know, and I think that that analogy of a flood isn't isn't a foreign one. The Bible picks up on that, too. So there's these different really? verses really? that it talks about the the waters of forgiveness, certainly. Are you kidding me? Is that yeah, right? Well, well, I think, All right. You know, so... Micah 7, just off the top of my head. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, he will have compassion on us, it says. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Oh, yes. yeah. Isn't that yeah. a beautiful picture? And you know what I love about that passage? Because you think of the things that the ancients might have used. They might have said, he'll cast your sins on the moon or to the stars. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, but I'm thinking, well, I'm glad they didn't do that because we've walked on the moon and with the Hubble telescope, we can see the stars. But it always tickled me. Yeah, the depths of the ocean. Because to this day, we, we can't see in the depths of our, our own uh, uh, world. Isn't that here. incredible? Sort of the yeah. last frontier, the depths of the yep, sea. Yep. And that's where our sins have been drowned. Now they'll be seen again, forgiven. Oh, and then similarly, you know, Psalm 51, the Psalm of David, uh, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, ah, cleanse yeah. me from my sin, purge me and I shall be clean, wash me and I shall be whiter than so this washing away of sin. And then I think, you know, perhaps the, the most vivid picture is in worship, one of the sacraments. Baptism, baptism, right? Baptism, yeah. And again, that water washing away. Have, our have sin, you got that passage? Because doesn't it say that? Yeah, Rise oh, up and sure. be baptized, yeah, sure. your sins are yeah. washed For away. Forgiveness of sins. Yep, yep. Most definitely. Uh, so we get to see that forgiveness in action. I think that's neat. Uh, so that picture of a, a cleansing flood, I think that's a helpful one as we pray that part of the prayer together. Uh, I mentioned earlier that, that Luther thought this was an important part of the prayer. Okay, yeah, yeah I so, was interested in that. So I, and perhaps even the most important part. So in the large catechism, we heard the small catechism, we heard the large catechism, it says, 
For where the heart is not in a right relationship with God, it will not dare to pray. Ah, a confident yeah. and a joyful heart can spring from nothing else than the certain knowledge of the forgiveness of sins. So this idea, unless we are forgiven, unless we come before God seeking forgiveness, receiving forgiveness for Jesus' sake, receiving God's grace and mercy, don't, don't even bother to pray. If we're not in a right relationship with God, we dare not even pray. Now, now I'm I'm gonna I don't want to I, I know because you and I we we have these things outlined. Sure. Uh, we may not do it word for word, so I'm not. I hope I'm not going to throw a curveball here, but but just on the basis of what you said. But see, that's the problem, isn't it, Matt? So how can we know God's going to forgive us? Because here He teaches us we have to forgive our brother first, and then He'll forgive us. Isn't that what He's saying? That that's saying, yeah, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So now I don't have any hope because. Because I really am having trouble forgiving my brother, so I guess God won't forgive me. Is that what he's saying here, Matt? Well, no. Oh, really? Thankfully not. Thankfully not. Although, Luther thinks this is an important part, and so does Jesus, like I mentioned earlier, yeah, right? Yeah. And he kind of... Yeah, if you don't forgive your brother, what, 70 that? times 7, he I says? Know, I yeah. know, Well, and then even, I, I think what's interesting, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches the Lord's Prayer. That's one of the places. Yeah, yeah. And then he teaches the whole Lord's Prayer. And then at the very end, he, he goes back and Jesus says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. Yeah, there but it is again. if you do again. not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Yep, yeah. Um, so of all the petitions for Jesus to sort of double down on it and emphasize... <laughs> It's the one about forgiveness. Have you been at the casinos again? <laughs> Double down. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> bad jokes, casinos. Anyway. So hey, Jesus emphasizes it too. So Jesus thinks it seems to think it's important. But yeah, I you bring up a good point, John, and I think that's that's an interesting one. Okay, how does that work then? Because that's I exactly. know full well that I don't always forgive. Yep. Yeah. And so we repent of that, and in the Lord's Prayer, we're also praying for God's strength to do just that, yeah. to not only forgive us, Lord, but give me the strength to indeed forgive as I've been forgiven. And maybe part of that is realizing, through that word of law and gospel, the depths of our sin, and also the the beauty and the power of that flood of forgiveness. And when we see that, you know, how can we not forgive uh, those who have sinned against us? But it's not easy. You know, and I know our, our listeners, many of them probably struggling with sins that are pretty rotten, pretty terrible. People have sinned against them in, in hurtful ways. And yet in this petition, we're praying, too, for God's grace to give us the strength, having been forgiven, to forgive. And and I've always emphasized to people, because I've had people who've come to me in counseling, and that's what they've said. They said, sure. that they, I, I, I have this problem with my husband, for example, and I just, I cannot forgive him. And I know now that God can't forgive me. Uh, and they're really, truly troubled by this. But I always point out to them the, the order in which we pray this, that, that maybe you're getting the cart before the horse, as mm -hmm, it were, because mm -hmm. what we pray for first, and, and again, if we pray for it, we know God's going to answer it. That's the beauty of this prayer, because he's told us to pray for these things, so obviously he's this is what he intends to give us. I, I, I can't swear whether he's going to get me a new car this, this year, because he didn't tell me to pray for that. But I know, so the, we pray, Father, forgive us. That's the first thing we pray. 
Uh, and then I believe it's in faith in that, that he would answer that prayer. He told us to pray that. Then we can pray the second thing, which is, as you said, man, I'm still having trouble with my brother, though, and I really need your help on, on, on forgiving him, too. But but you can't make the one dependent on the other. This is not an if-then statement in, in the Greek. It's just two petitions. Forgive us, because we desperately need that. And, and the fact that we are at outs with our brother shows that we need that. And now, Lord, help me also deal with my brother, too, and bring him forgiveness. So that's the thing I've often shared with people that keep it in order. It's not saying you have to forgive your brother first and then God will forgive you, but we pray for forgiveness for us. And then out of that, may the fruit flow of our forgiveness. And maybe we're going to have to go back and pray that every day because yeah. we're still having trouble with our brothers. We may sure. have to go back and do that over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's a great point. Uh, so in that, forgive us our trespasses. One of the sins included in that petition is you know, that, that lack of forgiveness. Yeah. 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 Great point. Great point. Uh, because that is a real struggle today, for sure. No doubt. Could, could I give you one more illustration yeah, about that? It's it's interesting in this this section where, you know, they come and ask Jesus, how often must we forgive? And, you know, he says seven times, which Peter thought was, that's a lot of forgiveness. And it is. Wow. Uh, and Jesus says 70 times seven. But his illustration, I always thought was really helpful because he gives us the story of the guy that got forgiven. What was it? Like 10 bucks or a hundred bucks or something. I can't remember. But but then again, no, no, I'm sorry. I got the story reversed. Well, they different amounts? Yeah, well, yeah. They, so the guy yeah, owes the, uh, the king, what, a million, yeah, trillion? Yeah, it's a huge amount of money. Yeah, uh, and he is forgiven. He is forgiven in compassion. And then he goes out and takes his fellow servant and strangles him and chokes him. And Who owes him just like this paltry sum. Yeah, and, and the Lord says, you know, that, you know what's going to happen to that guy? That guy's going to get thrown in prison, and he will not let out of prison until every single penny of his debt has been paid. You know, but then I always realize, but that's the point. Every single penny of our debt has been paid. That's what faith is, that, yeah, you're right. This is what we deserve. But Christ has come and he has given his life as a ransom and that is paid. So now we do have a way out of it, uh, not out of our works, but out of his love and forgiveness and mercy. And now God help us then to forgive the brothers. That's the other illustration. I well, like I'm glad use. you put it that way because, and then Jesus puts it that way, because yeah. it's not until we realize just how awesome oh, our forgiveness yeah. is that we're even able to forgive our neighbor but once we realize the gravity of our own sin and the awesomeness of god's forgiveness then and only then yeah. can we really forgive our neighbor um two things i i think so yes you know we pray for god's grace to do that um and, and recall to do that to forgive i think there's we put two limits on that though, okay ourselves as sinful people uh, we kind of qualify our forgiveness. And the one I think you alluded to already is that we limit the number of times we forgive. Okay. Yeah, and so, yeah. like you, you kind of mentioned, so Peter thinks he's being pretty generous. You know, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Seven times? And apparently that was pretty generous. You know, according to Jewish law, three times was kind of, that, that was what you needed to do. Then, you know, yeah. then you can write them off. Three strikes, you're out. Yeah, three strikes, you're out. That seems reasonable enough. It's then, and in baseball rules. And we I know, know all truth Come comes from baseball rules. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jesus blows out all the water, of course, and 77 times or seven times, 70 times, uh, forgive, limitless yeah. forgiveness. Um, so I think that's one limit we put on is the number of times we forgive. The other limit we put on forgiveness is, well, you know, they wronged me too. So, hey, they, uh, I, you know, we might be in a fighter, yeah, a, a tough yeah. year. They need to forgive first. Yeah. They need yeah. to, you know, they need to do it before I do it. And that's dangerous, too, because this becomes like this huge game of dominoes. That's that's the illustration that this book uses that I referenced earlier. 
this huge game of dominoes where you're you're saying, well, you can't expect me to forgive unless they forgive me first. Well, the problem is, you know, everyone just, yep. no one falls down. You just, just stay standing. It's a stalemate. Uh, the beautiful thing is, and I think this is a great point, is that God fell first. Oh, that is a great, a great point. You know, God becomes, Jesus Christ becomes the fallen victim. He's the one who's pierced for our iniquities. Um, he's the one who dies. And and the, the amazing thing is, he's the one who didn't sin. There you he, go. He's the one that, you know, no one had to give him forgiveness because he didn't sin. And yet he is willing to fall first. And when that's the case, and when he cries out from the cross, even, Father, forgive them. You know, then if we've been forgiven that freely already, you know, how can we not forgive? How can we withhold that forgiveness when Jesus has fallen first for us and for that neighbor, too? Really, uh, they were called to forgive. That is a beautiful, beautiful illustration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's the one that actually brings the dominoes tumbling down because he yeah. was willing to. Yeah. Paul first. The kingdom of heaven is like a row of dominoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's in the Bible, but no, I think that's a neat illustration too. Yeah, Jesus fell first. And so that begins sort of that chain reaction of, of forgiveness that we would realize we're forgiven and forgive our neighbor. Yeah. So, so Matt, we only got a, about a minute to sure. go here. What do, is there any real big things we need to say? Summary of all of this petition or? Well, I mean, I, I think that that it's important for uh, us to to realize that and uh, to realize what this petition is as individuals as we pray the Lord's prayer. But I think it's also important for our community of faith, you know, uh, the church itself to realize that gravity of it too. Um, you know, having been forgiven, we're shaped as individuals as we forgive. But I think too, as a congregation, as a worshiping community, as a church, when we're forgiven with those words of absolution. Hopefully that shapes us corporately, too, that we, too, would be a forgiving people, that we would forgive one another as we hear those words together and as we pray then those words of the Lord's Prayer together, that the church would be the place where that forgiveness does indeed occur, where we forgive each other. Sadly, sometimes it's not. Sadly, sometimes where grudges are held and things like that, even within the body of Christ. But as we're forgiven corporately in the words of absolution, as we pray together the words of the prayer, that we would be um, the, the church will be known as a people forgiven and a people who forgive. And, and you know, it occurred to me, Matt, that, that I don't know if we appreciate it. That is the unique power we have as the church. Uh, now, in terms of judging evil mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, condemning mm-hmm. sin, oh, no doubt. But we, we do that. But, you know, all kinds of organizations can do that. Sure. All kinds of worldly organizations can do that. Sure. But, but we're the only organization that can literally come to people and say your sins are forgiven and know that that's exactly what Jesus says about heaven. That's what he promises. Well, if you say it on earth, uh, it's being said in heaven too. So you're right. That's, that's, that is the unique characteristic of what makes us church, that we have the power to forgive sins and also for us to embrace that forgiveness for ourselves and then as we pray in the petition to do it for others as well. Yeah, so receive that gift in worship and uh, share that gift with, with your fellow church members, with the, the, the body of Christ and uh, with those who have sinned against you. All right. Well, thanks, John. Thank you, Matt. We'll see you next week as uh, John Lukomsky airs his grievances on Wrestling With The Basics. (laughs) 